merciless and cloudy. Third down and 12. Cook designed roll out to the right. He threw it up for grabs, and it's fielded by Clowney. Coming at you from the We Dessert Studio in Houston, Texas. You're listening to the Weekly Brew with Austin Statton, Kevin Cook, and Jeremy Paxton. It's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. Welcome to episode 76 of the Weekly Brew Podcast. My name is Austin Statton, and I'm joined this week by Kevin Cook and Jeremy Paxton. And by the audio that you heard at the top of the show, uh, Whitney Merciless, Jadavion Clowney, had a hell of a playoff game on Saturday afternoon as the Houston Texans dropped the Oakland Raiders 27 to 14 to advance uh, with maybe an unlucky date with the New England Patriots uh, this coming week in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. But guys, uh, I'm I'm curious, after watching the game, do you give the Texans any shot at beating the Patriots this week? Actually, give them a better shot than uh, they had earlier this season when the Texans suffered a shameful, shameful defeat, 27-0 to the New England Patriots. I don't know if we're going to pull it out, but I'd certainly give us more of a chance now that the team's sort of uh, coming together on offense. So what makes you think that the Texans actually have a chance? Because I'm looking at the box score right now from that game, and Jacoby Brissett was the starting quarterback. And if you you know who that is, he's a third-string quarterback, a rookie quarterback, and he's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady's healthy. He's having an amazing MVP-caliber season. Kevin, do you but, see any chance the Texans can pull this out? All I can see is the television's on over your shoulder, and Joe Buck is just one of the most astonishingly good-looking men I've ever seen in my I cannot take my eye. Look at his beautiful eyes. He just turned and looked at the camera, and he is just he's angelic. And he's honestly. he's got great facial hair. Going yeah, that well. is a good new look for him. I was gonna say I fully approve it. I think Carrie, are you are you raising the roof in the background there? Is that what that was? She was. I think <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's well. exactly what she was doing. That's great. They had that kind of open relationship where she can praise other men. That's that's a healthy <laughs> dynamic. As a, as a therapist, you would know that, Jeremy. Absolutely. But uh, I don't even remember what you were asking me about, to be honest. Yeah, so Texans, they, you know, they're not going to go. Do I give them a chance? Yeah, do you give them a chance? No chance. I give them no chance whatsoever. Okay, fair. Does Jeremy, I mean, try to explain your rationale. I'm, I'm trying to see this. I mean, Tom Brady, Texans, I, I believe they're like one in six all time against New England. How, how do they go into Foxborough and win? I, I don't. I, I don't think they do. I mean, I, I think that they lose, but I think that there's a chance. That's um, only based on what I've seen in the past few games from the Texans. And certainly, I was really impressed. I mean, Oakland Raiders are not a shabby team. They came together. They stifled um, that their new quarterback. Oh crap! What's his Connor name? Cook? Uh, Connor Cook. That's right. All right. Sorry. You're <laughs> so disappointed with yourself. I know. I'm that so was hard to watch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the Baylor game. Oh, All right. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let me let me redo that. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's in. No, I think we need to redo it. All right, three. No, Jeremy, two, that's the thing. One. There's no editing. <laughs> leave, leave him no, there is editing. <laughs> that's what being on a podcast is about. You can edit what you like, what you don't like. Um, I, I don't. I don't give this. the Texans a big <laughs> chance. To be uh, completely honest with you, I think there is a chance. Last couple of games, I've seen uh, the offense come together. Um, under Bill O'Brien. I know there's been a lot of talk about Bill O'Brien, whether he stays with the Texans, whether he doesn't. Yeah, that's been an interesting narrative that has kind of emerged, and it kind of came from a Jake Glazer tweet uh, last week saying that the if the Texans finished 9-7 and seven and lost in the first round of the playoffs, that perhaps O'Brien and the Texans could look at parting and you know it would be a mutual decision there are going to be other jobs there are jobs open right now in the nfl i mean we look at los angeles is open right now we look at um san diego could be open does bill o'brien go there for like a you know sort of like a rebuilding job i don't know that he wants to touch jared goff in los angeles and have that media pressure but do you you maybe see him wanting to go to san diego and be able to work with a quarterback like philip rivers 
I don't know. That's a good question. I think uh, San Diego has its own set of problems. Um, I think the question that Houston fans often ask is, is it it our head coach or is it the team ownership and the team It's Rick Smith. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we're not Rick Smith fans on the show. We've been very vocal. About Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so we are, we are fans of like certain general managers and Houston. Morey. Obviously, Daryl Morey, who we had last Terrific week on guy. the show. Uh, you know, Jeff Luno, the uh, you know the general manager for the Houston Astros. He's done a great job rebuilding that team. Heard Rick him. Smith, it just seems to be mediocre at best. Right. And so I think the question for Texans fans is: Can we do better? Uh, than Bill O'Brien right now with the current administration that oversees the team. I think if he went, he he just won a playoff game. I think his job is safe for the time being, even if he goes in and embarrasses himself against New England. Um, that's not out of character for the Texans as a team. So I'd say he's safe until next year. But could he do better than the Texans? That's a real question. So I'm not sure. I don't think the Texans are going to win this game. But if, if there is a path, you know, if you're going to game plan, I think one, having seen them twice this year helps. I think that... I. I I wasn't overly impressed with Brock Osweiler's performance. Um, you know, his quarterback rating was higher. It was 90.1 against um, Oakland this past week. Uh, he was 14 to 25, 168 yards. Uh, the key thing that stuck out to me, no turnovers. And that is something that Brock Osweiler has been known to do this entire season is turn the ball over. And the thing is with the Texans, their defense is so good. I mean, obviously ranked number one in the NFL that if Osweiler can just manage the game and not turn over the ball, you're going to have a shot. So when I look back at that... How likely does it... Do you said it out loud just now. What were the feelings that ran through your body as you attempted to get out that sentence? <laughs> I'm trying to find a way uh, you know, to give Texans fans hope because you look at that, that the box Here, score... I'll give you hope. Okay. They have already overachieved based on what we thought they would accomplish at the beginning of the season. Is your computer volume on? <laughs> no. No, no, that You're was... lying to me. I just heard it. <laughs> you're hearing voices, Kevin. I, 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 I know. I'm hearing voices from your laptop. Yeah. You're you're like two strikes right now, buddy. Uh, my train of thought. He's, yeah, been, he's been off a few weeks. It's already what, been a successful season. No matter what happens uh, against New England, I think you can look back and say, wow, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Now, I think that if Brock Osweiler doesn't look incompetent and gives uh, fans enough hope that he's going to be the answer, since we still have to pay him, I think even if you lose that million. game, this is a pretty successful season overall. I don't think anyone's giving the Texans a shot, but when I look at that box score from uh, what was it week three of the week three or week four, the Texans were actually, I believe, favored in that game, a slight favorite. So stupid. Uh, JJ Watt, of course, that was his last game of the year. He went out with a you know the back injury, and he's been uh, placed on injured reserve that entire season. But and writing think pieces for people, <laughs> right? All kinds of crazy right. stuff in the offseason. But you look at Brock Osweiler's numbers in that game. He was twenty four forty one, one hundred ninety six yards. He averaged four point eight yards per reception his quarterback rating was 60.6 sorry is that a typo he averaged 4.8 or 14.8 4.8 okay well that seems pretty bad yeah, to me that, that is i'm bad. not an expert his, but that his, sounds horrible his qb rating was just terrible uh espn does a qbr mm-hmm. and that ranked at 29.1 on a scale of 1 to 100 so that just shows you how bad he was but he was sacked twice he had an interception if you've ever been in school and you got a 29.1 on a test right that's a pretty bad scenario. Pretty bad grade. So is that is that the same scale we're applying to Brock? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's a wow. But it, it's, it's. I'm thinking back at some tests that I've gotten 29s on how poorly I did. How did you get a 29 on a test? Well, I didn't get exactly. 20. It, was, it was in the ballpark 28, 30, something like that. How? I didn't study and I showed up uh, not in my right mind. Probably. Okay. Fair enough. I don't want to get into those <laughs> details. I was in college for Christ's sake. All right. So 
the other thing that the Texans need to do is protect the ball because you'll remember Tyler Irvin and Charles James had fumbles, I believe, on uh, kick returns or punts. And so they turned the ball over entirely too many times. I don't know that the Patriots did anything on offense. Uh, you know, that really stood out to me. I mean, Jacoby Brissett was just 11 and 19 for 103 yards. It's not like he really beat you through the air. Uh, you know, LeGarrette Blunt, who was just a workhorse, averaged 4.4 yards carry, 105 yards. He had two touchdowns. But I think the Texans' defense can keep them in the game. I don't think we're going to see a 27 to nothing score. I, I hope not, at least. But if, if Brock and the Texans can hold on to the ball and not turn it over, you know, give the defense, if the defense can give them like a short field or two, it could be interesting. Right. And I think the, the question that I'm like as a Texans fan, I'm asking myself, is this the same Texans team we saw earlier in September? And I don't think I think the answer is no. This is a different Texans team. Are they good enough to beat New England, Foxborough? Who knows? So we'll Austin, see. you've become addicted deeply to gambling. We've discovered <laughs> over the last couple of weeks of this podcast. It's okay, we can talk openly about it. But let, let's have you set the line here. Let's say you're playing bookie, right? What's the over under on the number of turnovers the Texans give up against the New England Patriots? I would probably put that at one point five. So two turnovers. You think that does it? You oh, think they can oh, win wait, with two wait, turnovers? You think, are you talking about the Texans creating two turnovers? No, 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 no. Giving up. Giving away. I'm talking about the turnover. Well, I was talking about num- total number of turnovers. Let's talk turnover margin, too. Okay. okay. So two. You say one and a half there. If they, if they give up two, are they going to generate two of their own and, and win that turnover battle so. or stay Tom even? Brady does not turn the ball over. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't see many avenues for success here. You have to really not turn the ball over at all. I just don't know if you can count on that against a very stout New England team. And like we mentioned, Tom Brady uh, set out the first four games of the year because of Deflate Gate, which that's just another topic in itself. But have you guys heard a narrative about Brock Osweiler that maybe when the lights are brightest, he's able to just turn it on? Because like you said, he wasn't super playoff Brock. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't heard I that happen that yet. Yesterday. We sh- did you really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't follow you. I also, I also <laughs> tweeted, "We want Bama as well." I think the Tex, I think the Texans could probably beat Alabama. I would hope so. <laughs> I know. I do, oh, come on, Jeremy. Yeah, the Browns could beat Alabama. <laughs> that that is not true. No, absolutely. And their owners apologized to the fan base for fielding a team so bad this week. Did you guys see that? Yeah. <laughs> but you look at Tom Brady's numbers this year. I mean, uh, he's 11-1 and one on the season. His completion percentage, 67%. That's pretty good. Has 28 touchdowns to just two interceptions. That's insane. So the only way that you're going to create a turnover is, I think, if it's via the running game, special teams. Um, Brady's not going to turn the ball over. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So if, I, I don't. Will th- we win an onside kick? There's a prop bet for you. <laughs> Probably that would be an interesting prop right? bet. I don't think so. We'll start uh, getting into that real deep <laughs> degenerate stuff here pretty shortly. I think. Yeah, I think we'll we'll save that for the Super Bowl. Uh-huh, exactly. Right. But uh, you know. I don't know what the line is for the game. That's surprising. I would probably guess it's probably Patriots minus eight and a half would be my guess. I mean, does that seem like a reasonable number uh, for you guys? I think based on the performance of the defense, yeah. Uh, but I still think they're going to walk away with a win. And it could be a big win depending on if they can get in our heads, which they've shown that they can do successfully. Yeah, that's the thing with the Texans. It, if like things yeah, mentally, start happening, yes, they just snowball. They, they, they just lose it. Yeah, and they collapse. So morale... Keep that up. Who knows? It's a it's, it's a it's a different. Are you calling them soft? There. No, I just think that in an atmosphere like going to Foxborough, it's not an easy place to play. I think not having a guy like Watt on the on the field. I think not having like Kevin Johnson on the field. You know, I think you've got great leaders like Jonathan Joseph. I think you know Merciless and Clowney have played remarkably this year. But I just don't know that they have that it factor to be resilient and to come from behind in a game. Yeah, I think it's a difference between <clears throat> a vulnerability and weakness. They're yeah. not weak per se, but they're vulnerable. And what in, that in the hell are you talking about? 
No, it's they're, like they're, psychological. They're, they're vulnerable. Vulnerable. I, I, I don't know. I don't buy any of it. This is nonsense. <laughs> it's about vulnerability vulnerable. and weakness. No, it is. It, they're, they're vulnerable in Foxborough, but not necessarily <laughs> in the same way in Houston. <laughs> Okay, that's right. totally. It's, you basically just summed up uh, home field advantage for. <laughs> yeah, but the Texans more so than I think other teams. That's fair. Yeah. All right. You guys think they're a bunch of mental weaklings, is what I'm hearing. You guys do not have faith in their constitution or fortitude. I think they are mentally weak when it comes to New England. Yes. No, I think so. Wait, Relative at, to New England, that's fair. Look at the track record. Right. I mean, we're, we're one and six. Oh, I think yeah, they're going to exactly. get crushed. We're we're, yeah. we're splitting hairs. Here. All right. All right. So let's let's go ahead and make predictions real quick. The game's taking place this weekend. Jeremy, we'll start with you. What do you predict the score to be? Oh, I'm going to go with 24-14 right. New England. Kevin? Uh, it's going to be something like 80-6, to six, I think. Uh, and I think the Brock Osweiler is going to uh, get whacked pretty good and have to come out of the game. That's, that's an interesting choice, and I think he's going to get on the short not. leash. For, for, let me get on the record here. I like the guy. He seems like a nice guy. I hope he's not hurt at all. I just have a feeling. Call it a premonition, if you will. And as we know, when I predict things, I am never wrong. That never. is... 100% accurate. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to go Play the tape back. I'm going to go 24 to 6 Patriots. I don't I don't think the Texans are going to be able to score on We offense. both don't think they're not going to score a touchdown, right? I don't I don't six think so. Six. I mean, I think I don't think they're going to score a touchdown. Novak's going to miss, miss like a chip shot extra point. Um but yeah, I, I think you'll probably have drives in the red zone stall for the Texans, which has been a sign like this entire season. I think that you could see a turnover in the red zone. Uh, and I think you know, Tom Brady, it, it's just going to be fun to watch him play. I hope I'm wrong, but I would be willing to put some money down that the only touchdown Brock Osweiler throws is to a Patriot DB. That could probably happen. I, mean, I think it will. I think that that's, that's the only way he finds the end zone. All right, so let's talk about uh, you know the Rockets here for a second. Uh, the Rockets, unlike the Texans, have had quite a remarkable season so far. At the time that we are recording this podcast, it's Sunday afternoon. Uh, they are 29-9 and on the season with a you know pretty good 15-3 and record at home. Uh, they are playing the, uh, the Raptors tonight in Toronto, so uh, we're not sure how that result is going to pan out, but pretty big week overall, and for me, the really exciting game is Oklahoma City. That, that game is just back and forth from you know OKC taking that big early lead, the Rockets coming and pouncing on them early, but then Russell Westbrook, you know, 49 points, uh, another triple-double, brought that team back, and it was close at the end. Mm-hmm. It was. It was pretty uncomfortable to watch it, too. And uh, I think it just goes to show that that's been the narrative all season long. That game microcosmically represented what people are saying about Harden and Westbrook. You could argue Westbrook had the more impressive game. I think you couldn't argue otherwise, in fact. But his team didn't win. That's going to be the difference down the stretch as they consider who's worthy of an MVP candidacy is whose team is winning, and right now Harden's team is. And I got to say, as a fan, I am in love with this team. It's it's so much fun to watch. It's been a while. It's been since like T Mac, we Scola, I mean, uh, two, years, two years ago when they made that run to the Western Conference final. Wasn't you, in love with that team though. What 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 separates this team? Dwight Howard. Is that is that the X It's so for big you? just from an aesthetic or like fan standpoint, it makes such a difference not to have to be rooting for the team that he is wearing the jersey of. He's such a whiny, unpleasant thing to watch play basketball that it just it spoils my whole enjoyment. So yes, removing him also did some things like I think there's more grace and artistry and aesthetically pleasing basketball taking place. The ball moves a lot easier. I think the guys like each other. There's all these factors that are played into it. But the big difference for me is not having to watch Dwight Howard wearing red and white, hauling his big ass out there and complaining. <laughs> all right, so that that's from a fans perspective what do you think it did for the locker room I, I couldn't possibly speculate I don't know any of these guys personally uh, but as I mean, much we, as I we, attempt we to try sort of to that we sort of mentioned that with Maury last week right. and Maury was telling us that you know the, the team chemistry that they have gelled together better than even he could have imagined yeah. and I think that 
that's what could make this team special is the fact that they do have that chemistry. And I think that they can challenge for the Western Conference. Now, I'm not sure if you guys saw the move uh, that Cleveland made this past week Kyle with Kyle Korver yeah. from, you know, a sharpshooter. Does that make them the prohibitive favorites to go back to back? I don't know. I don't, I don't think you could really call them prohibitive favorites against Golden State. I think it does strengthen their position. But, They've already won but, once. But here's the deal. I think it's so much more difficult for a team to come out of the Western Conference because they're going to have to play the Spurs. They're going to have to play the Rockets. OKC is going to be you know giving people fits just because of Westbrook. I think Golden State is going to be challenged more early on. And I don't think anyone's going to challenge Cleveland. I mean, does Toronto challenge Cleveland in the East? I mean, Historically, no. So... To me, I think that Cleveland could be more well rested in the playoffs, and so, I, gosh, if if I'm a betting person, which I'm not, you are. I mean, you're the epitome <laughs> of a betting to the point that sounds I worry like about it. I have lost sleep over your betting habits. I I, yeah, that. yeah. I doubt that. It sounds like you've started down a dark path. <laughs> it is so dark. <laughs> yeah. I, what was the uh, Ryan? He was betting on Ryan Anderson's uh, point total in a game <laughs> in a in a regular season NBA game with very little consequence betting. How much on Ryan Anderson's over uh, point total? Uh, the, the point total is twelve and a half, and you bet fifty. Awesome. I won. Yeah. He scored like 25. This is hard to watch. Man. Listen, we're, we're all here in a room. We actually, we want to talk to you after the, this podcast is over. <laughs> Just want you to sit Austin, right there. I, we're going to tell I, you how it affects us. I have your family and everyone that cares about you in the hallway. They're ready to come <laughs> in. Do you guys have like a banner, like an intervention banner? What would I say on that banner? You've got, you've got to stop betting on Ryan Anderson, you sick uh, <laughs> guy. Sick guy. Because <laughs> we're not editing. I can't swear, right? Right, right. <laughs> so Rockets, uh, really impressive start this year. Uh, so much fun to watch. Um what can they do to continue playing at this high level? And, you know, it, can they sustain this, you know, pace that they're currently playing at? I think so. I don't think anything's unsustainable about it. Now, a lot of it is heavily reliant on the three-point ball falling. When it doesn't, they struggle. When it does, they really excel. And they can put some distance in between them and teams. And the teams can catch up pretty quickly when that shot's not falling. So, yeah, that taken as a caveat, that's part of it. I think they can beat anyone on any given night. But if you're talking about a seven-game series, I still don't know if I like the Rockets' chances against like a Golden State. That's, that's the one team that really scares me, I think. I think they haven't plumbed the full depths with the talent they have right. there. I mean, remember Miami, right? It took them a while to figure out things out and they had some of the best players on the planet same is true of golden state they they're were gonna be a much a better team away. i mean the, the, you know the, what was it the double overtime game that the rockets knocked him off earlier this earlier this season i think golden state is going to improve so much and you also steph curry is not gonna be dumb to get you know foul himself out of a playoff game uh at least i i hope he, he is seems I hope petulant. He's when they're not winning it's easy obviously chemistry is great when teams are winning etc etc they don't seem to handle adversity very well draymond green will just kick a guy right in the balls right. i mean if he's having a tough game you know so i do wonder about their ability to fight through legitimate adversity which you know for a long time it seemed like they didn't really have a contender and then to lose to Cle- the 3-1 thing people still talk about it all the time it still cracks me up every time anyone on any medium says they blew a 3-1 lead and people do it hilariously all the time so that's got to get to you i do wonder about their mental toughness, but uh, but I still don't think the Rockets could beat him seven games. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one guy who I think is the sixth person of the year, and that's Eric Gordon. If you look what he's doing this season over the last uh, 22 games, he's averaging 20 points per game on 45.1 percent shooting. Uh, you know, after averaging 14.9 points on 39.9 percent shooting the first 16 games of the season, he has the second most you know, uh, three-point field goals made, 144 through the first 38 games in NBA history. How valuable is he to the team? I mean, just, I mean, did we anticipate this signing 
and him becoming the player that he has for the Rockets. Yeah, it's the best possible version of him. So you have that whole narrative about, you know, guys just need a change of scenery sometimes, a new role, the new coach, a new team, a new energy, and they can really bring out the best of themselves. We're seeing that. Eric Gordon's kind of fulfilling all of the promise that he had early in his career of things he was going to be able to do. And he's not a starter on this team, which is interesting to me. You know, there are, there's a rich tradition of guys that are probably talented enough to be starters. Mono Ginobili comes to mind. Right. That have done that and stepped down. That's a sign of a really good team. When you got a guy that could start on a lot of teams in the league, coming off the bench for you it enables you to do some pretty special things and that's how the Rockets have used him and it's been radically effective I think he's truly deserving of the award uh, there's some other guys Lou Williams I can kind of throw out there as well but, but he should be the favorite I think at this point in the season and if he stays healthy and he continues to produce at this kind of level he's probably a lock and, that, and that's a great time for the Rockets yeah I think so too and also one thing that I want to point out about the the Rockets this year is you know I think they have a lot more depth a lot more pieces than they had in this year's past or in, in years past so when you actually look at James Harden there's this, there's a, a, a note in the Rockets game notes uh, saying the Rockets are three and two this season when he scores below 20 points uh, this season of course he had 14 points in the win against Orlando the other night uh, but last year they were three and seven in games in which he scored below 20 points. So I think that tells you that the Rockets have a little bit more depth. They're getting uh, games, they're getting picked up by guys like Gordon who can go out there and score, you know, 20, 25 points a night. It's crazy how bench. few games he has uh, scoring less than 20 points considering how uh, how, how big a threat shot. he is, how well he's known, how much people scout for him and try to defend him specifically. He's always part of the defensive game plan. Not only and that, still, but how many times he gets to the line. Right. That That's why it's so hard to stop him, I think, because even if his shot's not falling, just that way he's able to initiate contact, which, you know, I could see them five or six years down the road going like, okay, we can't let guys do this anymore. But he's just so good at it, and it is certainly allowed within the rules right now that it's a big part of his game, and it's not the most exciting thing to watch, but uh, but I like I like watching my team win, frankly. <laughs> I think I think we all do. And speaking of watching our teams win, the Baylor Bears, uh, you know, we are recording this on Sunday, but uh, the men's basketball team on Monday when you're listening to this podcast will be ranked number one in the AP poll and more than likely the coaches poll. Uh, They had a big win, uh, two big wins this week, uh, you know, against Oklahoma State on Saturday. They won that game 61 to 57. I wish it would have been 61 58. That would have just been fitting. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) earlier in the week, they knocked off Iowa State. And to me, it's just remarkable to look at the job that Scott Drew has done. Because, you know, just a few years ago, he was getting guys, you know, like Perry Jones, Quincy Millers, you know, that were top five, top 10 recruits. But the guys that he has on the team this year are, you know, not ranked in the top 50. These are guys that are going to be on campus for three to four years, guys that are going to take a red shirt year. And they started the season with zero votes in the AP poll. Right, no, a completely incredible first time in program history. Uh, Baylor will be ranked number one. Um, I, I can't think of a more unlikely scenario if you go back not just but a few years in Baylor basketball history in 2003, the whole Patrick Dennehy scandal. Scott Drew really has done an amazing job with this program. Um, even in the years since uh, since all that, I mean, they, Baylor basketball has had up and down years, but they've consistently been good. And this year, I think it's totally unexpected and remarkable to see this team with the players that they have and the talent they have surging to number one in the poll. Don't know how long this is going to last, though, because they have two really tough games on the road to 13-2 and two teams, both West Virginia and Kansas State, before they come back home to play Texas. So uh, will we stay at number one for very long? Who knows? But uh, I can't tell you how proud I am as a Bear to see uh, the basketball team doing as well as it's doing. Yeah, I, I look back on it. My freshman year at Baylor, uh, it was 2005-2006. Baylor couldn't even play because of the penalties. They didn't even have a non-conference schedule that year. And and they went, I believe it was 4 and 13 and Big 12 play that year. And, you know, ultimately, you know, they made the NCAA tournament what was it 2007-2008 that season. Uh, you know, they made some runs the Elite 8. They've been in the Elite 8 twice, Sweet 16. 
they made the NCAA tournament the last three years. I think they're a shoe in right now to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think it's just remarkable to see the job that Scott Drew has done. And you look at a guy like Jonathan Motley and Kevin, yeah. you, you cover a lot of high school basketball within the city. Jonathan Motley was a guy who was on an AAU team with a bunch of guys from Yates, a bunch of uh, star athletes, the Harrison twins. Mm-hmm. He was sort of an afterthought on that team. He took a red shirt year. He's having an all American caliber season. How much, how important is it for guys like that you cover, you know, that might not be those tier one athletes, but I mean, there's, there's some guys that you see that play on the AAU circuit, that play at the high school level that just work hard and develop, you know, and sometimes it takes them longer to do so. How important is it to have those type of guys on your team? Well, it's interesting you talk about AAU. I'm going to ignore the question you asked me entirely and launch off my own tangent here. I am, I am vehemently, vehemently opposed to what I think AAU basketball is doing. So I'm not philosophically opposed to the concept of it, but the way it's taking these kids, it's turning them, in, first of all, into one-sport athletes, right? They can do nothing but basketball year-round. It also prevents them from getting, like, legitimate time to heal and rest and not play the sport. I think AAU is... Um, well-intentioned. It's fun to watch, certainly. And it is a great way for uh, college coaches to be able to scout these kids, not have to go out to high schools, small towns, things like that. I get all of those things. I'm not saying it's evil, but I don't think it's working. So I always I always have, I struggle with the idea of AAU and the kids that I talk to that play it. Obviously, it's the best way to get recognized. It's an incredible um, spectacle. It's kind of like and one, or it's kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters. It's not really basketball in its most pure competitive sense. It's kind of showboating um, almost semi-professionally, I think. And it's it's got some well, trouble. It is all the shoe deals that you see going yeah. on, like teams sponsored by Under Armour, teams sponsored by it's Nike. all about that. And then you have, uh, you know, for example, a recruit who's like one of the top five, top ten players in the country. Well, his AAU team is like an Adidas team, right? And so the schools that he only considers would be Kansas, UCLA. Adidas schools. Adidas schools. Like, it's so weird that we how can is that brand amateurism? like that. How is that amateurism? Well, it's, it's, it's not. not. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably the. Yeah, it's just not plain. Well, plain, plain it's simple. amateurism because they don't see a freaking penny of it. You know, so yeah, that, it, I mean, fair. in rule, in, in terms only, it's it's amateurism. It's actually, I think, deplorable the fact that they don't see any of that money when they're the ones earning it. They're the ones creating value that other people are cashing in off of. That's a different topic altogether. I could I could go for days about how evil I think it is not to pay uh, these laborers. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. But uh, Jeremy, back to you, uh, Jonathan Motley. I just want to continue on him. I mean, he's having an all-American caliber season. I think he's worked his way up through the NBA scouts. I think I say NFL scouts. I mean, I guess NFL scouts do actually watch Baylor basketball because they have yeah. they, <laughs> they have two guys in the NFL right now, Meech Goodson, who uh, plays for the Packers, and uh, uh, you know Rico Gathers, who's on the practice water for the Dallas Cowboys. So. I mean, you could almost, if your goal was to get to the NFL, you could almost have equal success going through the football or basketball program. No, I mean, <laughs> I, th- I think the football players, they had the most NFL draft picks in the state of Texas in yeah, the past like, five years. Because there's only, what, 13 guys on a basketball roster? That's, okay, if you, if you talk about proportionally, I think you're probably right. But uh, Jonathan Motley, again, he had 13 points and 10 rebounds uh, for a double-double against Oklahoma State. That was his fourth straight, his sixth double-double of the season, 11th of his career. Uh, He scored in doubles figures, like five straight games. He's just amazing down in the post. He's just uh, so athletic, so much fun to watch. You've got guys like Ish Wainwright, who, uh, you know, the only senior on the team, glue guy, I think, there was some advanced metrics saying that he had like his plus or minus or something like that was Good God, you <laughs> every time with the freaking plus minus. his plus or minus, like what he does on the court was it was the most, I, I think it was like the widest margin in the big 12 by something like 20, 25 points and like nobody else on the team is close. So here's why I don't like plus minus. Okay. Cause it's not a record of what a player did or contributed. It's only a record of what transpired in a global sense while the player was on or off the court. So it doesn't take into account the things he contributed to. Uh, so this metric, okay. It was, it was a metric. 
it, it wasn't adjusted ex- plus minus. Real yeah, plus minus was, are different. It was, it was adjusted plus minus okay. because what it does, it takes it takes into account uh, his like assist. It takes yes. into account his like rebounds. I think like the other day, uh, I believe it was CBS uh, in the win against Iowa State. They said that. Uh, uh, Wainwright's numbers, I believe he, I think he's, he scored somewhere in the single digits. It wasn't like a high output or something like that, maybe like six points, something like that. Uh, but the article goes on to show the impact that he actually had in the game, you know, just like opening the floor up a little bit more, getting the rebounds, uh, you know, not turning the ball over. Like his assist to turnover ratio this year has been, been great. But uh, Jeremy, how fun is it to watch a guy like Wainwright? you know, just kind of captain the ship. And we, we talked about the chemistry that the Rockets have. And I, I think this team has that chemistry to potentially make a deep run in March if, you know, they get the right matchups. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and of course, you know, if you've been paying attention to Baylor basketball in the last couple of years of the tournament, they've kind of waffled a little bit. Yeah, two first-run yeah. exits in a row. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just awful. Um, Wainwright's certainly a, a, a por- like a part of the team, huge part of the team. But Jonathan Motley and uh, LeCompte here, they both... Uh, Really, the point scorers. LeCompte. LeCompte, sorry. It's Belgian. What, oh, oh, he's Belgian. My, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, both, I mean, everyone on that team is, is a core component of the success so far. LeCompte, I think, with a, the point leader, I, I look at uh, this last game with Oklahoma State. They really made Baylor work for it and actually I means talking about all these rebounds, they out rebounded our team by, by five. So I'm actually kind of surprised we walked away with the win like we did. But, um, yeah, gonna, I, I, I see us potentially going much further in March with this team than Can the previous one. Can Baylor win it all? Gosh, I, I, I would, I, I, you know, think about Kentucky. That's that's the team I got. So the thing with Kentucky is it's De'Aaron you know, Fox. De'Aaron Fox, Funk. who is one of the best best defensive players, he's he's yeah. playing phenomenally defensively. You know his Twitter handle? I am Fox. Swiper the Fox, which is Swiper from uh, the children's show Dora the Explorer, which just goes to show how young he is, how old we all are. But it wow. also refers to his steals on defense. That's what he takes the most pride in. I know the guy personally. <laughs> you covered him last year. Yeah, I covered him a lot. Yeah. Kind of a big deal when it comes we to actually, We Fox. actually had some audio on last year's show, I believe, uh, from De'Aaron Fox. Uh, yeah, we did. That you captured. But and I went on Kentucky radio stations uh, and got to talk yeah. about him. I definitely <laughs> cashed in on his name. Thank you so much, De'Aaron, for all that you've done for my career. <laughs> I think that... Given the matchups, I uh, so here's what I like about Baylor compared to Kentucky. I think that Calipari has phenomenal teams. You know, there's a reason why he gets paid what ten million a year. Is that right? It's it's something absurd. Wow. It's like eight, nine, ten. It's it's something ridiculous. For a basketball coach. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that the problem with Kentucky is they have so many freshmen. Eight million and Krzyzewski. How do you say his name? Krzyzewski? No, Krzyzewski. 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 Mike Chesky, you're crapping me. That's getting no. me right. No, that's that's it. It's okay. coach, just call him Coach. If K. you're just gonna mess with me, I'm just gonna call him Coach K. Uh, Nine point eight million for him. That's insane. Wow, that's insane. But the, one of the reasons why I give Baylor maybe a shot against Kentucky, and I believe they're actually two and zero against Kentucky or three and zero against Kentucky in their last three meetings. Um, I don't know that Kentucky has a dominant player down low like a, don't need it like an Anthony Davis. No, I think that's the, the teams that they've had success with they've had a dominant guy in the post and i think i think that yeah oh my gosh (laughs) but i i think baylor having the quality of wins that they have this year against like louisville against vcu against michigan state oregon oregon who you know just knocked off ucla a few weeks ago i think i don't know that baylor will win the tournament i think it all comes down to matchups and you know similar to the rockets whether or not they're hitting their three-pointers um i i think they're gonna be a fun team to watch in March, and, and that's what I'm excited Kentucky's about. Kentucky's winning everything. I got it right here. We'll and see. then and then De'Aaron Fox is going uh, 10th to the Blazers. Really? 
That's you, what I got. You think the Blazers are going to have a lottery pick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're terrible. Do you think they're going to take him, even though they already have a great point guard? Yeah, absolutely. He's a two-guard. All right. And he's a defender, like you mentioned. And he's a guy who's got a, a very high ceiling. He's obviously very, very young. He's a freshman in college. So, yeah, I mean, I think you'd be foolish not to if he's there for you. Now, there will be guys taken ahead of him. That's why I think that number 10 slot's a pretty reasonable, likely thing. And I saw it on a mock draft. I'm not, like, pulling this completely <laughs> out of my ass. But, but yeah, that, that, is, that is a prediction that I've heard going around. And that would that'll be cool. I'd love it if the Rockets managed to get him, though. Gosh. It'd be later in the draft, of course, but I would love to see him playing for the hometown. So team. one guy that I wanted to see in a Rockets uniform was Justice Winslow, who yeah, we had on the podcast this summer. Injured. He, yeah, he's injured. He's out right now for the Miami heat so that's kind of unfortunate but thoughts and prayers buddy. Yeah. thanks for coming on the show justice if you want to come back on the show we will definitely have you on yeah. the show but uh I've been every week interestingly enough that when we were talking about the high payrolls um there was a, a tweet that was sent out this week uh when you look at like college athletics uh nick saban of course this is what we we're talking about uh nick saban is the highest paid state employee in the country yeah makes sense that's insane. It's weird to think of him as a state employee. That, that's yeah. that's the weird part, and that I think illustrates what's so odd about the way that uh, business is done athletically. Yeah, in right. And the highest paid state employee in thirty nine states is either a basketball coach or a football coach. Yep, that's a lot too. Doesn't surprise me at all. Although you have to ask yourself, what percentage of his salary is coming from donors and what actually is coming well, that, from the state coffers? That's a fair point too. Right. Um, but I think I think this probably takes it into account because these are all you know public records since they're right. public schools like for example baylor you're not going to know exactly what the salary is but tom herman you're going to know exactly down to the dollar what he's paid for um, because it's a public school yeah i guarantee um, you baylor none of that's coming from tuition money oh yeah way. but it's kind of interesting um we're just going to go and throw out some states here but uh texas you know highest paid state employee what sport would you imagine obviously football right right all right um nevada highest state Paid employee. Any guesses? Let's say football. Boss. <laughs> mob boss. I did say mob boss. Is that a state job? I, I, I don't think that. Yeah, in right? Nevada, isn't it? It could be. I think so. It could be. All right. It's actually a med school plastic surgeon. That's uh, kind of makes not sense. shocking. Yeah, it does make, make sense. sense. I don't right. know if that's better even than a, co- <laughs> than a coach of some kind. All right. California. It's got to be a hooker, right? <laughs> Is that a state paid employee? Whoever is cooking the books for the state legislature. I don't know a lot about California, but one thing I do know is that hookers are on the state payroll. And Sonny Dykes getting fired. Yeah, exactly right. So it all ties in together. Yeah. <laughs> conspiracy is it uh, UCLA head football coach? It's actually basketball coach. Oh. All right. Let's go with North and South Dakota. Any, any is guesses? this a fun game for the listeners? <laughs> I don't know. This is the final one. This is the final one. Okay, it's the last one. All right. North Dakota, South Dakota. What do you guys think? What are, what are you asking me? Which both, one's better? Both like North college better. football. No, South Dakota has the Mount Rushmore, right? Yeah. Okay, I like that one. Better. Med school dean. That's awesome. Med school dean. I'm proud yeah. for that. Well, Good for them. Yeah. So, they need doctors out there. So you have to go up to the, the far north in the United States to actually you know, get states that don't pay the top salaries to football and basketball coaches. Montana. Too close to Canada. Is the, uh, the college president as well. But yeah, I, I would love to know, what are the best college teams from that area then? Uh, you, you know, you've got South Dakota State, uh, mm, and North Dakota State. North Dakota them. State, incredible! Like they, they're uh, like they're FCS teams. Yeah, but, they they kill yeah. they kill uh, you know Division One opponents all the time. Yeah, well, yeah. like lowly ones like Kansas. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Still, that's impressive. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, but anyways, uh, Baylor basketball ranked number one in the country. By the way, uh, congratulations to uh, Justin Dvorak. 
I think it's how you say his name, a uh, former Tomball High School kid, won the Harlan Hill Award, the top uh, player in NC or not NC, yeah, Division Two football, excuse me, playing for the Colorado School of Mines. So he's a local kid that made good. Colorado School of Mines. Uh, there were a few guys from our high school that went there. Great engineering school. Yeah. Uh, my, my company actually recruits from that school. Mm-hmm. But they have, you should talk to Dvorak. He's a very stand-up guy, very intelligent. They, they, have, they had an uh, amazing uh, head football coach. I believe his name was uh, Stitt. And there was a hashtag that always went around, like, Stitt happens. He just ran a very innovative offense. Mm-hmm. And I believe he was hired at, like, Montana or Montana State, something like that. But he's, it, you know, it, it's kind of fun to watch those, like, lower-level, you know, like, FCS teams, those D2 teams, because I think those kids are playing, you know, they might not have the skill set of a guy, you know, somebody playing at, like, Alabama or something like that, but... They love the game. They have a strong passion for it, and they're they're probably not going to get a look at the next level. So that that's it for him. And I think well, he's actually trying to get he's trying to get drafted now. So <laughs> best of luck to, to Justin Devore getting drafted. But <laughs> yeah, the FCS championship is a hell of a lot of fun to watch. I mean, oh yeah, this kid just played with a lot of heart. Yeah, and a lot of talent. And you know, we've talked a little bit about the Rockets so far. We've talked about the Texans playoff matchup. Baylor, you know, being ranked number one in basketball. And last week on the show, we touched a little bit on Alabama and Clemson. Jeremy, you weren't with us uh, at the beginning of the year. Both Kevin and myself picked Clemson to win the game. I think Did last. I Week. Clemson? Yeah. Damn it. We okay. can go back and listen right. to the I audio. Believe. No, I believe it. But we decided last week that we were going to stick with our picks. And of course, when you are listening to this podcast, it'll probably be Championship Monday. Uh, Jeremy, Alabama Clemson, thoughts? Uh, this is a I, lose-lose scenario because everybody is, listening know. knows more than you know right now. <laughs> let's let's put it this way. I, I'm picking Clemson because I cannot pick Alabama. I just Really? I, you oh, picked Alabama last year? I did. I did. And I... I what, actually, what, you felt so dirty. I did. And sleazy I did. all I just, year long. But Lane like, Kiffin is gone now. So does that make you feel a little bit better? Or no. do, you, do you have like moral issues with Saban and yeah, I, I, I do. They are the evil empire. I, I'm cheering for them to get toppled. How about have you ever spent time in the state of Alabama? I, I drove Actually, through Tuscaloosa. Actually, was here recently. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's awful. No, it wasn't that bad. How long did you stay there? I, we drove through it. But okay. it, was, wow. it, was, it, was, it was pretty bad. You had to get out of there as quickly as possible. Uh, I, think we, I think we ate at a KFC in Alabama, and it was not good KFC. Wow. Okay, so this is exactly what I'm talking about. They right. do nothing right. They're terrible. So people. you said it wasn't that bad. Did you just like trash the state? <laughs> I think so it was they didn't I trashed the their KFC. KFC. I did not trash the state. No, I, I am. I'm going to root for Clemson, though. I, I really like Dabo Sweeney. I think he's a great guy. I think, I think Clemson can win. I think more importantly. And uh, without Lane Kiffin, I mean, who knows what can happen to Alabama. Yeah, it, should be, it should be a fun game to watch. And uh, if you get the chance, also uh, go over to HoustonChronicle.com and check out Hunter Atkins' uh, latest story on Nick Saban. And uh, the story profiles Saban's time with uh, you know, the Oilers back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lot of, I didn't even know that Saban was uh, you know, a defensive coach for the Texans. Hunter really Texans, has Oilers. a yeah. nose for the most interesting stories. I don't know how he... It's, it's great. Yeah, it, it's a good read. It's a long read. Uh, he speaks with, uh, you know, Jerry Glanville. He speaks with a few uh, former players, former coaches. I uh, wasn't able to get in touch with Nick Saban, but the story is a, is a great lead up for people that like professional football here in Houston and want to have kind of a more insight into the guy that was here 20, 30 years ago. And a uh, pretty good read. Make sure to check it out. I didn't know that Satan was that close to the Oilers. I mean, Saban, whatever. So he know. actually mentions Satan. Yeah. And. Uh, Oh, in the in the article, he talks. I guess that nickname actually came from the Oilers. Wow, it is that a nickname his, of his? Yeah, Nick Satan. Yeah, wasn't aware of it. This has been illuminating. This yeah, all made. It's all coming together. Yeah. In my head. So I believe I believe that nickname came to him when he was with the Oilers organization, and who knew that that originated here in town? I didn't. Are you sure it's not like Nick Satin? Like he's a ladies' man? I don't think so. He's no, like five six. No, that's that's, that's <laughs> not high. Yeah, it's that. No, What's height got to do with it? I don't know. I I don't know. 
anyways, <laughs> college football playoff championship game on Monday night. Uh, we're all going to Clemson. We're all cheering for Clemson in that game, but should be a lot of fun. I mean, me begrudgingly, though, because I picked it before and I want to be right about something ever. <laughs> so that's I can't switch and then still have like, you know, satisfaction in being right. So yeah. I don't I don't think Clemson's going to win it. Just throwing it out there. But if they if do, does, I'll be happy to take credit If it for does, it. we will roll back that audio yeah. from the fall <laughs> exactly. and brag about it. And that will look so good. Yeah, absolutely. The powers that be seem to contradict whatever Kevin predicts. So maybe if he predicts that Alabama wins, that will help Clemson. Yeah, and if you want to give us your predictions, we would recommend that you do it on iTunes. And uh, Kevin, you know, we've had uh, great guests already this year, but we don't have any iTunes reviews in 2017. And how can the listeners go about making 2017 better for all of us. I'm going to walk back what you said a little bit. Don't give us your picks via iTunes. Give us your picks via the Facebook or the Twitter. Which you can find at Weekly Brewcast. Just search Weekly Brewcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we had a lot of uh, content this week that we were sharing, and I think a lot of uh, folks liked it, especially on Reddit. That's another place where we post often uh, on mm, Reddit. People as well. on Reddit generally hate us. I think there was actually a lot of uh, upvotes on the NBA thread as well okay. as the Rockets thread right. this past week. Well, we've been Moore banned interview. from a lot of places on Reddit for college posting too much. M- mostly just the college football yeah, thread, but multiple times with multiple the, accounts. They yeah. really Shh. despise us there. Shh. All right, <laughs> but, but iTunes. How can people find us on iTunes? But what you should do is communicate with us in other ways. But if you have a review to leave, and and let me finesse that for you, leave a review you, whether or not you have one. If, if you're wondering what to write, I'll tell you what to write. I've actually got a Word document here in front of me with about 50 or 60 reviews I'd love to see. You just give me an email or, or a shout at me on Twitter at kmichaelcook, and I will send you one of these pre-written ones. And you can just type it into that little box and give us a five-star review with a blurb. And we'll read it on air like we've done so many times, but 62 times before? 63. There's 63 reviews. Not all of them are good. We have 65-star reviews. We have a couple of one-star ones. We still remember that guy. We hate that guy that left us a one-star review. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he liked our political talk. but uh, I think I said some things we had to bleep. Yeah, that that might have been it as well. But uh, I stand by them. (laughs) Political talk. uh, Jeremy, your guy is being inaugurated here. Why are we? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. (laughs) My guy. Do not call him my guy. He's certainly our president. I didn't say that. He's certainly our president. He's our president-elect. You voted for him. He's going he's to be your president here in what? Like a couple days. Not really. At least a couple weeks. Yeah, I know. Do you know I, inauguration? I, 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 you know, it's on January 20th. I can't. I, I'm, still, I'm, I'm still a, a little, a little uh, in disbelief over the whole thing. I think. Um, Did you hear him trash Arnold Schwarzenegger this week for not having like apprentice ratings as high as he did? No, I, I was. Does Arnold Schwarzenegger have a show? Yeah, he's the new host of The Apprentice. No, you're kidding. When did this happen? Not, no, not even it, kidding. It he, debuted he, last week. I had no idea. It's on it's, Sunday it's, nights. It's insane. You'll be watching wow. The Apprentice and see his cheesy commercials for that uh, mobile game that he advertises yeah, for. Yeah. I like see too much Arnold all the time. Yeah, and then at the end, it says like produced by like Mark Burnett, and then it says executive producer Donald J. Trump, and it's just crazy to me to think that guy's the president. And then I guess the ratings weren't that great because it's you know college football time. There's there's playoff games on. It's Sunday night right after a holiday. I think it was like New Year's Day maybe uh, January 2nd. But yeah, he goes on Twitter and like trashes Schwarzenegger for not having ratings as good as Surprised you could spell his last name. He probably couldn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really more concerned about him trashing companies like Toyota and seeing their stock then price why'd dive. you vote for him? Yeah. So that's Whoa. actually that's actually funny that you mentioned that because uh, one of my good friends, Chris Fitzwater, uh, we were texting this past week about investment opportunities and the strategy that you know we kind of came to the conclusion was anytime Trump tweets about a company... 
immediately short their stock. <laughs> As you bet. Absolutely. You could probably yeah. write a pretty simple program. Oh, yeah. 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 And I think there's actually people that have been doing that. I think there's like an app that you can download now where you enter in all of your, uh, you know, investments that you have. So if you own stock in like, say, Google or Apple or something like that, and Trump tweets about those organizations, those companies, it sends you a push notification immediately. So... It, I, I think you could potentially make some money because those companies, if you look at it, like Boeing a few uh, f- a few weeks ago when they were talking about the new mm-hmm. Air Force One, Trump tweeted it. And I think they lost like $1.8 billion in market share in one day. Uh, I, 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 to me, that's insane. Toyota fell like one percentage point immediately. You you look at the daily chart. And that's even with all steady. the trucks they're selling to ISIS, right? <laughs> yeah, what is about that? They're like so durable. But <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's a great endorsement for their product, if not their ethics. I was actually watching, uh, what was it? Not Top Gear, but the new show uh, Grand Tour. Middle Gear, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Grand Tour. They were they were actually in. Uh, Is that on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, Amazon. Go ahead and check it out. It's kind of interesting. I don't know. Don't that it's as good as. I don't think it's as good as Top Gear, but they were actually in uh, uh, Western Africa, and uh, they came across this Old like Africa. small town, and it actually had a Toyota that was like broken, hmm. broken down. It was like one of those like 1980s ones. And one of the guys made a comedy. He's like, wow, a dead Toyota. You've, you've never heard of this before. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so it, it's been a pretty good Full week. disclosure, I drive a Toyota. Okay, fair. <laughs> I do to, be, to be fair, Boeing stock did rebound. I think Toyota will probably do the same thing. No, the stocks do yeah. rebound, but that's yeah. why you short it and you make a quick investment. No, or, no. I'll, or you just wait until it oh, hits no, bottom and then That idea is great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think, I think uh, yeah, this would even work better if we could tell Trump who to tweet about. And that would probably be insider trading. Oh, yeah, well, no. Nah, Which I don't, I don't know that he would be morally opposed to that. Yeah. It's not really insider trading because you're not an insider inside the company. You have an insider in the White House who is indiscriminate with his tweets. Uh, I, I cannot it's wait technically, until I that's a loophole. playing in a courtroom. That's a I have loophole. to point to you guys. <laughs> that guy right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know speaking, the guy. Speaking of courtrooms... I actually got subpoenaed, Indicted. Oh, okay. subpoenaed this week. <laughs> My bad. Kevin, you were hoping for something. <laughs> yeah, I, got, yeah. I got subpoenaed I this week. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that, but Jeremy. You're probably not. <laughs> you, know, you, know when, when, you know when it was your birthday a, a few you weeks You were back? subpoenaed for that? It's the hooker you killed. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that was Craig James. Oh, shots fired. But yeah, so I think I mentioned this on the podcast back in November, but yeah. you know, we, we were celebrating Jeremy's birthday at uh, Honeymoon Cafe. And things just got a little in, out in of downtown, control. And I left probably at like 10.30 to come home. <laughs> I got an Uber. And while we were in the Uber, uh, this lady just like clearly, she was driving the middle lane, decided she wanted to make a left turn and just turned left from the middle lane and hit this like Mercedes. Yeah. And it, it was like a family coming back from the theater or something like that. Uh, but apparently, apparently she doesn't have a driver's license. Nah. And so I, I got like two letters this week of like phone calls telling me that I've been subpoenaed and I have to go like testify on January 18th. And the only reason why we stopped, like I made the Uber driver pull over and stop because we actually saw what was happening. We were behind. And so we just, you could tell that something was about to happen. She had Such like no blinker. Citizen. Yeah. So we pulled over, you know, it probably took 30, 40 minutes and the Uber driver was great. He was like, also, you know, he stopped the clock and was like serving as a witness. He's like, yeah, it's the right thing to do. But yeah, I have to go in court. So do either one of you want to like be my attorney that day? Uh, yes, absolutely. I have never turned down an opportunity to be someone's attorney. I'm not going to start now. I will. I will be there. Has anyone ever asked you to be an attorney? That is not germane to this conversation. I'll thank you to stay out of my business. Okay. All right. You know, having a lot of family members that are attorneys, I think that qualifies me as an attorney. I, I, how about like co-counsel? Can you can you guys do that? I can yeah, do that. I, I'm I, telling you, man, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the no topic, more. I'm really glad that we're not getting in trouble for that hooker. Really nice girl, but just didn't end well. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
I always wanted to let that digress. And your girlfriend is sitting in the room right now. And she like high five me over that. I mean, we're not going to, yeah. You know, I mean, it, oh my it, was, gosh. it was it was a wild night. Oh sorry. my gosh. This this, this sorry. podcast is just like sorry not sorry. Taking you, a turn what a scorched earth policy we've had. We talked politics. No, that's it. That's really enough to turn most people off. I, I disagree with talking but, politics. But at least we waited toward the end of the show. Yeah. Which so, is a, pl- yeah. a plus. But, you know, anyways, Baylor basketball, number one. Texans going to New England, probably going to get trashed. Uh, Rockets, 29 and, 29 and 9 right now, uh, you know, ranked number Western three in the Western Conference. Conference. Finals. Yeah, you heard it here first. But yeah. a, a lot of great stuff going on uh, in Houston. What did I predict for them at the beginning of the season? I don't think we went over the conference finals, didn't I? That yeah, was last year. Did no, I said I said finals last year. I don't think we were that high on them this year. I don't think either one of us were. Yeah, you're right. I seem to vaguely recall in a haze me saying something like how much they disappointed me the, the year before. Hard to believe we've been doing this this long, but yeah, I, I do kind of recall. <laughs> we 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 all started podcasting together in 2015. If you've been listening to this since the beginning, uh, reach out to us or something. We'd love to talk to you because I'd love to know what's with you. What are you doing? So I actually got a text from uh, one of our listeners uh, the other night, uh, you know, telling us that he really enjoyed the the Daryl Morey interview, and he was a guy that you know been listening to the podcast from the start. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of cool to get. Uh, a few people texting this week and saying, hey, you guys are still doing a great job. Keep it up. So we hope that you enjoy the content that we're putting out each week. And if you do, as Kevin mentioned just a few moments ago, go to iTunes and tell us. Uh, you got to do that. Review. We really encourage you to do that. We uh, we are sitting at 63 reviews right now, and we want to get to, I don't know, 75, 2000, 2,500, 2, something like that. Yeah. But anyways, uh, we hope that you enjoyed episode 76 of the Weekly Report Podcast. It's been a lot of fun getting together and uh, working with you all this week, discussing sports, discussing topics, and just having good conversation. But for my co-host this week, Kevin Cook, Jeremy Paxton. My name is Austin Statton. We'll see you next week. And guys, remember this week, no matter who you are, where you go, or what you do, always brew. I totally forgot it. Responsibly. <laughs> that was agonizingly slow. <laughs> Mic drop. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Weekly Brew. 